So you guys, this was an actual vaginal delivery on television. And let's not forget, at the bottom of the ad, it was brought to you by Eminem and Mars Candy. (laughs) (laughs) If you need any snacks while you're watching that lady's vagina. (laughs) Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who pretended to be sick so they could stay home and bid on the showcase showdown. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we're saving that hour of high drama we all looked forward to when we got off the bus, the ABC After School Special. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. eighties, television was littered with drunk dads, pregnant teens, alcoholic stepmothers, mentally handicapped brothers, anorexic sisters, and pedophile neighbors, and all just in time for kids to watch after school. The mantra of the seventies was to be open about our problems, and no problem was ever too unsettling for the kiddies. It was for their benefit to hear about drug abuse, rape, child molestation, and shitty parenting. In fact, it was so important, it was on every Wednesday afternoon. (laughs) Oh, Oh, that's crazy. Uh, That's from our friends at flashback.com, by the way. You guys, I loved after-school specials. And the more disturbing and even traumatic for me, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was like special event programming. This When you say, like, jumping off the bus, uh, this was run out the door. The bell rings and you run out the door as fast as you can. And it wasn't just me running. It was like an exodus out of the school, everybody running. I also think there might have been a timing issue. Like maybe St. Anthony Park Elementary School let out (laughs) at an inopportune time and we were going to miss the beginning or something. So we just had to run. Yeah. And they weren't on all, the fact that they weren't, that that they were on sporadically too. That goes back to what we've talked about a lot. You had to wait for them. Mm -hmm. They were on about seven times a season. So they were on um, maybe once or twice a month. Well, I got to say my um, mom, again, this was a time she wanted to watch with me. So oftentimes she would have said, oh, this is, you know, the episode about the, um, you know, teenage alcoholic or whatever. We're going to sit and watch it together and then we'll talk about it when we're done. That's the kind of mom I had and dad. They were very much wanted to sit and discuss all of these issues. And this was a great platform to open the door where I would probably be mortified and not necessarily want to mm-hmm. have those those discussions. But she was ready with probably cookies and milk for us to sit down and Watch, my mom's having a baby. Cool. And then mission accomplished (laughs) in your family, Carolyn, because when I was doing research for this episode, that's exactly the intent. So they said that there were things on, there were programs on in the evening that dealt with a lot of serious things. But their goal was that all these moms or, or at home would have General Hospital on, and they wanted something that came on right after General Hospital. So the moms would leave the TV on and sit down with their child and watch these because they wanted that conversation and discussion to happen. Yeah. Well, my mom was their demographic because mm-hmm. she loved it. Was that it's, uncomfortable for it's you? Very, you know, yeah, yeah, my mom's having a baby. That one, I think, I mean, that one we might have 
even had a little celebration for it. I can distinctly <laughs> remember like it on the calendar and just kind of a big deal about it. I won't go so far as to say my dad took the day off of work <laughs> oh my or God. anything. But Jonathan, that's, some, that's like something they would have done, actually, at some point. Okay, mm-hmm. I, have, I have to go there because when my mom had a, is having a baby came on, my mom was having a baby. <gasps> you guys, okay, here's a little tidbit. Here's a little parenting tip for people. Don't teach your children about where babies come from when you are nine months pregnant. <laughs> it's mortifying. It's mortifying. <laughs> it's much better to do it when you're not um, showing what you have done. Like, look, we have evidence of what daddy and I did. How old were you? <laughs> I was too old. I was nine. So oh, yeah. to know this information, to be sitting next to my mom who was big as a house, it's just like trying, I'm just turning mm-hmm. my head, like trying not to look at her. Like, I cannot believe you. <laughs> and actually, to be honest, I already knew all of that information. So it felt like pandering anyway, but I didn't want to speak up and say, I already know this. God. Right, but you don't. You always want to think your parents only had sex as many times as there are children yes, in the, the house. Just the two times. And right. when it's over and done, you don't have to think they did it. But you were like looking at that stomach, like mm, they did that a few months ago. You yeah. guys, it's horrifying. <laughs> it is horrifying. And I, and it was supposed to be just like you said, Carolyn. It's supposed to be this beautiful family moment. My brother and I were on the floor, and my mom and dad were there, and my mom's wearing her maternity clothes, and I'm nine. So I'm essentially a preteen. I'm not a little girl. And I just felt like bolting. And I couldn't look at anybody. I couldn't look at anybody. (laughs) Well, there were so many many of these um, after-school specials. Do you guys know that um, there were, let's see, there were 25 seasons they aired from wow. October 4th, 1972 to January 23rd, 1997, 25 seasons, 154 episodes. I had no wow. idea. Isn't that insane? Do you guys, I had no do you, idea. did you realize they were still airing in the late nineties? No. Yeah. We missed all those. So we've got to go back and watch them, right? That would be a really good um, experiment. I would love to watch the ones from the nineties and see and do a compare and contrast paper. Yeah, yeah, that would be. I wonder um, what the topics were, would have been. But as you know, the first thing that comes to mind when people think of after-school specials is the shocking subject matter and, of course, mm-hmm. the very obvious and in-your-face titles. Uh, so before we really dive into our very special discussion, let's start things off with a little game Woo-hoo! called okay. After School Special or Not. The way we're going to play this game is I have written down, I have 10 t- uh, titles and descriptions some of them are real, and some of them I've written. Oh so you guys have to tell me after school special or not. Some okay. of them, they'll, they'll okay. be easy. You'll, rem- you'll okay. probably recognize them. Okay. Number one is called Daddy Can't Read. Teenager Allison does not understand why her father, Bill, opposes her campaign to promote literacy at his factory until she discovers he cannot read. After school special. Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. <laughs> ding, ding. After school special. Correct. Yay. Two, my dad is dead. 15-year-old <laughs> Kevin can't come to terms with his dad's death and looks to his priest to help him heal his pain. Not. Well, I'm going to say not too, but that's a good re- description if you made that up, Michelle. I did make that up. You guys are <laughs> oh, right. Good. Two points. I'm going to keep score too. Two points. Okay, number three, date rape. What do you guys think this one's Whoa. about? A teenage girl goes on a date with the most popular boy in her school who rapes her. 
Okay, this is, so this was not even a word until the 90s. There was no such thing as date rape until the 90s. But they did continue into the 90s. So I'm going to say after school special? I'm going to say not. Ding, ding, after school special. It was 1989 after school special. Wow. Number four. This one's called Sometimes I Don't Love My Mother. After her father's death, teenager Dallas struggles with her mother's total dependency on her. Oh, that sounds too made-for-TV movie. I'm going to say not. Well, I'm going to just ride Kristen's coattails because she seems to be getting them all correct. So I'll say not as well. No, that actually was a um, 1982 (laughs) after-school special. Oh, my God. Uh, Wait, what was the title again? Sometimes I Don't Love My Mother. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, number five, Hazy Monday. A teenage girl, desperate to find money to help her single, disabled mother with the rent, begins selling marijuana at her school. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, After-school special. Not. It's not. I made that one up. Carolyn gets a point. Hazy Monday for the win. Good one. Okay. (laughs) I had a lot of fun with these. Okay, number six. This one's called A Very Delicate Matter. A teenage girl is shocked when a former boyfriend tells her he has gonorrhea. Not only does she get tested, she must tell her current boyfriend to get tested as well. Not. I'm going to say yes. It is an after-school special, 1982. A very delicate matter. In 1982. Right now, yes, Carolyn, you are winning right now. Okay, number seven. Stood up. After getting stood up for the prom, a high school girl sues her date. Not. Yeah, I'll say not. No, that is. It's a 1990 (laughs) after school special. Because that's a problem that people have. Stood up. Oh my God. Number eight is called The Day After. When a teenager attempts suicide, she gets to see the repercussions her choice will have on her family and friends. Okay, what is the what is the movie about the nuclear explosion? Isn't that the day after? I do believe that's called the day after. Yes, that was quite traumatic too. Um, so yeah, so let's go with not. Yeah, I'll say not. You are correct. I guess I didn't realize that was also a movie <laughs> title, and that helped us win. Yay! Okay, no wait, we have two more. Um, Number nine is called Alexander, the story of a retired clown and his undying love for children. Ew, not. Is, yes. It is. Carolyn, do you know who starred in it? It's not Um, Mickey Rooney, is it? This is 1973. I think it might. No, it's it's the red guy. Red (laughs) Red guy? Red skeleton. Red buttons. (laughs) Oh, red Red buttons. buttons. There are two reds? Oh, and red fox. There are three reds. And do you know who the girl was? She was a no. big star of the 70s um, after-school specials. It was Jodie Foster. <gasps> oh, oh, yes, I do remember this. Yeah, she well, was, was like one the, of the star very first. Was that the first specials. one? Or it's in the first season, but it's not season. the first okay, one. Yeah. Okay, okay that number is 10, weird. We're going to finish up. We're going <laughs> to oh finish up with Double Daddy. A teen's life turns upside down when her boyfriend impregnates both her and no. a new student at school. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Please be, let this be not. <laughs> not. Um, it is not an after-school special, but if you all would like to watch that, you can watch that on Netflix right now. Oh, come on. It is. I watched it, right, and I watched it. It's a 2015 <laughs> movie called Double Daddy, and then there's a sequel. Okay, guys. So like we know, these episodes highlighted often controversial or socially relevant issues facing children and teens, like 
substance abuse and underage drinking. That was a very, very popular one, by the way. Um, teen pregnancy, alcoholism, incest, rape, illiteracy, bullying, parent issues, low-income family issues, peer pressure, the list goes on. So do we have more to share? Of course we do. All right. So we've all come prepared with a little synopsis. Okay. So my first one is the day my kid went punk. (laughs) (laughs) And the synopsis is, this is in the ad, it says. Like it's such a bad thing too. I know. What? The day my kid, these are supposed to be for children. And yet that is clearly from the parent's point of view. And it's like a parent who wears slacks. Right? Like, that's definitely a dad who wears slacks, right? Did you hear, you guys, that my kid went punk? Um, okay, so the synopsis says, What do you do when your bright, lovable, talented kid turns into a punker overnight? The Nelsons are about to find out. <laughs> oh, you guys. And the dad is, so the kid, the only thing that I can identify as making him a punker, right? like that they call him a punker, um, is that he has a mohawk. Otherwise, he looks like a kid sitting at the breakfast table eating cereal. Um, and the dad is Dr. Bricker from Love Boat. <laughs> so you know that's going to be a good one. Uh-huh. Kristen, that episode mm-hmm. has to be, that's such a commentary. What year was that? Do you that know? one is, hold on, I'll tell you. Oh, no, they don't want to tell me what okay, it is. Okay, well, what I was going to say is it has to be such a commentary on the era it was. Because Absolutely. right now, like, that's so... That's that's so insulting, I feel, to say, what do you do if your kid becomes a punk? My first reaction is you celebrate their end up, you celebrate their creativity and you celebrate their like, you know, I'm gonna fly this flag however I wanna fly. Right. It. Like is right? it supposed to be a cautionary tale? It feels like it's taking know. us off the path of after school specials, which was supposed to be kid focused. And this is dad in the slacks focused about, oh my God, my kid has a mohawk. (laughs) Instead of celebrating the kid, which, I mean, he hasn't done, he didn't do any drugs and he's not a teenage drinker and he's not, doesn't have a teen pregnancy. So I'm not sure what the deal is. It's equating that if your kid is a punk, if your kid likes punk rock and has a mohawk, that's Mm -hmm. a terrible thing to have as a child. And that's a terrible thing. So I, it would be interesting. Well, in all fairness, I think we would have to say none of us have watched it. Yeah, so true. we really do not know what happened. Maybe at the, they are celebrating the fact that their oh, the child that will be is. The, that'll be the, the denouement at the at the end. So yes. really, this is a cautionary tale for parents, not for children. So it's like, don't hey, label parents, right? Yes. right. Be okay. open to who Celebrate. your child is and love wow. them no matter what. Thanks, yes. Caroline. You're right. That yeah. that that well, that's know, much more. Now we that's need a better to watch way it. To yes. Um, okay. So how about how about this one too? Um, this one is called The Girl with ESP. Laura's just like all 13-year-olds, except she can predict the future. Her father's a scientist, her mother's a novelist, her sister's a ballerina, and her brother's a genius. There's nothing special about Laura until she discovers she's the girl with ESP. <laughs> and this is of special interest to me because I wanted to be the girl with ESP. Right. And ESP was a thing in my fourth grade classroom. And we would yes. go out. I'm so glad you're nodding your heads. We For would go sure. out to Gosh, the playground yes. and we would get in line and then Laura Monahan would give us tests. She would administer ESP tests, and she would ask you things like, okay, what color am I thinking of right now? Oh, gosh, yes. And you'd say blue, 
And after you, it was like seven questions, and then it would really be sad when she'd be like, I'm sorry, you don't have ESP. <laughs> okay, so what year was this? Because Carolyn and I, like you said, we're nodding because mm-hmm. ESP was a thing, and I don't know what year was that. Was this like 78, maybe? Yeah, 77, I'm, thinking 78, 70, 80? I'm thinking it's 77, 78. And nobody talks about it anymore. I would no. try to bend things all the time. Like I'd, I'd <laughs> oh, straight, I would like, paper clip, <laughs> and I would stare, and I would just stare really hard at it. Yes, I would try to do it with a spoon. Yes, the spoon. Bending the spoon. spoon. Yes. Is this because of In Search Of? Remember the show In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy? Yeah, that was a good show. Okay, we're going to have an episode with that. obsessed with ESP? I have no idea. Maybe it was because of the after school special. Yes, there you go. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they started it. There you go. Uh, Okay, Carolyn, what did you bring? Well, um, first I brought a special gift. Hmm. Here we go. Peter Harris is a basketball star with a secret, and he's afraid to tell anyone. Peter's a top basketball player and secretly a brilliant ballet dancer. The only problem is his father and friends think ballet is for sissies. Can Peter stand up to the pressure once his secret is revealed? It's Billy Elliot. It is. There you go. Can I give you a fun fact about that episode? Please. That episode won a Peabody Award. Oh, my God. Wow. A special gift. So that was an important one. I love that one. I've never watched it, but I love, I mean, maybe I watched it. No, but I love ones like that, that are celebrating your differences and and not being, um, oh, that's that's something to make fun of. And I mean, I'm all about that. So I love that that was in 1979 too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. that was just when Mikhail Baryshnikov was starting to be Mm -hmm. a thing, right? And people would start to have crushes on him, and he actually became a sex symbol. Mm -hmm. That's right. I mean, were there any other male ballet dancers that were sex symbols before that time? There were admired dancers, but not sex symbols. They were still, as Billy Elliot said, a puffa. You guys, didn't, weren't there posters of Mikhail Baryshnikov, like in Tiger Beat magazine? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you Misha. know who else was a ballet dancer? Hmm. Wasn't uh, Ronald Reagan's son? Yes, Ronnie? he was. <laughs> I didn't Ronnie. know that. Yeah, he yeah. was. Well, I'm not sure he was him. very good, but yes, yeah, he well, was. it wasn't Mikhail Bershnikov, <laughs> but I do remember him in like leotard and mm-hmm. all that stuff and tights yeah. or whatever. All right, well, my next one is a little more um, kind of what we think of when we think of after school specials. This would be the late great me story of a teenage alcoholic. Jerry took her first drink a year ago. Now she's getting drunk every day. She's traded in her old friends for a new crowd of, of drinkers. Of drinkers. Of drinkers. Her schoolwork is failing. Her life at home is miserable and it's getting worse. But there's a very special person who could help put it all back together for her if she will only reach out. And I got to tell you, who there's a picture. Um, I don't yeah, who's know the who special this... person? Is it like We don't Hermione know. You have to something? watch. Red Buttons, the clown. Is it Alexander <laughs> the clown? <laughs> but there's a picture in the ad, and she's standing at her locker with like a tall boy, okay. it what? looks like. <laughs> Doesn't it look like that's a tall boy? And it's like she pops the top, and then she's drinking it like in at her locker. locker. Yeah. Is that what, that's what makes it teen drinking when you do it at your locker. Okay, yeah. but here's the thing. So the first one I'm going to share, we'll, we'll talk about that. So uh, this one, 
is near and dear to my heart because of um, Scott Bayo. And this is the 1980 classic Stoned that mm-hmm. I know we've all just watched. So settle down, everyone out there in <laughs> podcast listening land. We're going to be talking about that in a future episode. For sure. Um, Jack thinks smoking pot is the answer to all his problems. Jack Mellon is a good student, one of the best in his class. He's shy, has no friends, and can't talk to girls. Getting high <laughs> seems to get him friends, but it also gets him into deep trouble. If you smoke pot, know someone who does, or just want to understand what it's all about, don't miss this very important show. Oh, Scott Okay, Bayo. that's literally in the ad. Or just oh want to understand what it's all about. Oh, trying you to guys trick that him. one, though? But what I was going to say, Carolyn, is... They're basically just smoking on the school grounds. Doesn't well, it seem I like know. they're just like trading joints in the, the locker teacher hall even on the playground? The teacher's <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, you're stoned." Yeah, that's a classic. And doesn't okay, even and kick then, him out. Doesn't kick him out I of know. class. He's no. like, "Hey, don't come to my class, stoned." <laughs> but let's keep talking about American history. <laughs> I know his Spanish. Remember, he he. Goes, oh, it was say Spanish. Something in Spanish. Spanish. Yes, that's right. Yo estoy grass. Yeah. <laughs> Then he makes him stand up. The okay, whole time. and then the other one I brought is the one you guys talked about, but I'm going to read the the actual description. Is my mom's having a baby that oh you all God. remember? I don't remember this one, but oh my God. Uh, it says this was what the actual the the ad and TV guy said. You'll want to watch this with your kids because it's a very special story for every family. His mother's pregnancy has ten year old Petey all puzzled and concerned, but. Real-life pediatrician, Dr. Lyndon Smith, teaches Petey about the beginning of life. You and your family will share Petey's learning experience through an actual videotaped birth. So, you guys, guys. this was was an actual vaginal delivery on television. And let's not forget, at the bottom of the ad, it was brought to you by Eminem and Mars Candy. (laughs) (laughs) If you need any snacks while you're watching that lady's vagina... On network TV, better, by the way, what, a vagina what to, on what network TV. Snack on. Then yeah. Make sure you got your M and M's. Do you have snacks for the show? Oh also, I God. love that they brought in real life pediatrician Dr. Lyndon Smith to teach Petey about it because you know, as parents, what were they unavailable? <laughs> right, they weren't around. Well, you guys, we can laugh at these outlandish plot lines, but for millions of kids, these shows might have been their first exposure to a difficult topic, or the first time they felt and saw that they weren't alone in their own situation or struggle. So I think a good question is, do you think After School Special succeeded in this? Or do you think these were shows that were just laughed at and were just kind of super depressing? Oh, we were not laughing. We took them mm-hmm. very seriously. And they, they, were not, they were not depressing. They were, um, I'm not sure I learned what they wanted me to learn specifically, but they did make me feel. They made me feel a lot. And um, I think it helped me um, identify with kids who were in tough situations. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that made me a little more sympathetic instead of judgy. Because it was always on the downtrodden kid. It was always on a kid that had a very specific problem. And so then as a third grader, you're like, well, if that kid is coming to school with ripped jeans, maybe it's because they can't buy new jeans. It just let your, your child brain take it one step further. Yeah, I agree with the the feelings part of it. That's kind of what I remember was um, some of that empathetic. I mean, now that I look back at it, it's probably with some empathy and, um, yeah, and just relating on that level, like, oh, there are, I mean, fortunately, I guess, I didn't have any of these, some of the struggles that some of these kids had, but I knew kids who did, and so it helped me kind of maybe see Mm -hmm. 
what they were experiencing mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Totally. And the yeah. melodrama, I think, was attractive to us. The The more traumatic it was, I mean, the not the vagina, but the the other situations, I think we're attracted to that kind of moth to a flame a little bit. So there was a curiosity of like, oh, I'm never going to be doing that, but I could kind of see what it was like. Like it was living vicariously through these characters and seeing mm-hmm. like, oh, that's what it would be like to do X, Y, or Z. Totally. Uh, but actually yes. not, do, not actually doing them ourselves. So there, there was a, um, an attraction in that, I think. Yes, Carolyn. Curiosity. That's it. That's what I was Absolutely. just trying to say. Not very well. You just said. Particularly um, because most of our most of our childhoods um, were pretty mundane, right? And mm-hmm. and this was very exciting. And also pointing out to us that not everybody's childhood is mundane. Some mm-hmm. people have these really legit problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Well, one of the producers of um, many of these shows, his name is Martin. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. We have a we have an issue with that. It's T A H S E. What do you guys think? Tass Tassi. So he explained it like this. He said, the specials resonated with kids because they rarely indulged in what could be considered a fairy tale ending. It had to be real, he said. If kids watched any of my three specials dealing with alcoholic parents, they were never given a fairy tale ending. I saw to that because I came from an alcoholic father and knew all the tricks, and I wanted the kids who watched many dealing with the same problem or having friends who had alcoholic parents to know how it really is. The only rule of storytelling that ABC required we follow was the kid always had to figure out what to do and do it. No finger waving by parents, no lectures by parents. It was a kid who was in the situation and found through his or her own efforts, the solution. I think that is, that's pretty brilliant right there because that could sum up why this was so attractive because number one, it was the kid who had agency in every single Mm -hmm. one. The kid had agency. They weren't, um, just following whatever the grownups, the teachers, the parents were saying it was the kid who was the star and they were the one who made the boat go. But it was also really effective because, um, they were treating us like adults really they weren't pandering to us like children to wrap it up with a tiny little bow would be like well you patting you on the head and saying well you can't handle this right showing the kids that they actually have the power to come out of this problem because a lot of these kids don't have a supportive adult in their life to Mm -hmm. help them come out of smoking or you know drinking or all these situations these kids get themselves into so i like how you said agency it it shows the it shows the the viewer that you can you can do it you can have the power and we're going to help you see a way that you you might be able to mimic too yeah and for me though and maybe this is again rewatching some of these i i think man i think there should have been some more little guidance in some of these where I feel like some adults just turned their heads mm-hmm. and, and maybe that's, I was thinking as you guys were talking, my personality is that I would just, I just want someone to tell me what to do, mm-hmm. what the right thing is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, don't make me f- figure it out on my own because I might choose the wrong thing. And so I was thinking even after watching these as an adult, like, can't you just give them a little guidance that the right way to go and like mm-hmm. kind of say, this is what you should be doing. That is so interesting, Carolyn. That speaks to your personality. You just summed it up right there. Like you wanted a, a responsible adult to show you the yes. way. And I was the opposite where I was like, responsible adult, get out of my way. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what to do. I'm going to figure it out. I would be interested in rewatching some of these other ones again. 
Um, like for instance, um, Angela or Andrea's story, a hitchhiking tragedy. What do you think that's about guys? (laughs) So Andrea's story, a hitchhiking tragedy. Well, and I do, Um, I have to interject here and just say that this was a huge fear of my mother's. And every time we passed one, my mom would be like, don't ever do that. Don't ever do that. Don't ever hitchhike. Don't ever do it. And now it's not really a thing anymore. It was very much a seventies phenomenon. Because... Look what happened. Let me tell you what happened to Angela. And I'll tell you why it's not a thing, Andrea. A pretty teenaged girl named Andrea Cranston and her boyfriend are stranded and decide to hitchhike home. This part's really important. A nice man driving a green Dodge Coronet oh, good gives them a ride. That's just in case anyone needs to go mm-hmm. find him today. Yeah. You guys, he was driving a green Dodge Coronet. After dropping the boyfriend off at home, which kills me, just by the way, that the boyfriend would be like, all right, see you later, Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> After dropping the boyfriend off at home, the nice man reveals his true colors and declares, we're going for a ride. Oh, God. Scary. The man takes Andrea to a remote location, knocks her out, and rapes her. This story explores the dangers of hitchhiking and the boyfriend's efforts to track down Andrea's assailant. Assailant, assailant. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. In the end, the man is caught, and it's revealed he has raped more than one girl in his time. So Andrea's um, story, A Hitchhiking Tragedy, um, won five daytime Emmys in 1984. Wow. Almost all technical. Uh, I think the only one that wasn't really technical was directing. So, you know, obviously these really shocking and outrageous shows were striking chords, not Mm -hmm. just with the viewers, but with the critics as well. My mom was probably cheering that one on. (laughs) Yeah, but oh, yeah. I'm just thinking, I don't like that's one I don't want to watch. No, I do not. No, I no, don't. Because that could really happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so speaking uh, to the, how Andrea's story won five daytime Emmys, uh, you guys overall, after school specials, won 51 daytime Emmys in its wow. 25 wow. season run. It was nominated for many more. Um, and I think, as we all, one reason we all loved them so much is because they starred some of television's current and most popular young actors at the time, as well as older actors who were often in the role of their parents. Um, not Usually not the rapists. And <laughs> right. <laughs> that wasn't red buttons. No. Uh, so I want to ask you, Carolyn and Kristen, who are yes. some of the young actors and actresses you remember being in after-school specials? Well, I'm going to start with one particular after-school special, which I would like to say I think is probably the most star-studded of any mm-hmm. of them, and that would be me and Dad's new wife. Oh, me and Dad's new wife. Oh, sounds like a Berenstain Bears book. (laughs) That stars (laughs) Christy McNichol. Yes, I'm gonna cross her off my list. And Leif Garrett. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, star-studded. Lance Kerwin. (gasps) Yes. And Jimmy McNichol. And do you remember our friend Alexa Keenan? No, who's that? Yes, yes, she She was was the little girl. Oh, from uh, the house without a Christmas tree. Oh, and who was in Dirty Dancer? Who was in um? Not Dirty yes, Dancing. Yes, Pretty, 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 pretty and Pink. And Little Darlings. Yeah, And she was in five after-school specials. Wow. Yes. But, I mean, can anyone top that in a one-off? I mean, no. seriously. Well, let me, let me tell you that one I read earlier called um, Daddy Can't Read had John Travolta, <laughs> Michael Jackson as himself, <gasps> and Kathy Rigby. The <laughs> Kathy Rigby from the Maxi Pad commercials. Yeah. John Travolta, Michael Jackson... And Kathy Rigby. This was 1988. I could never and, figure oh, out what gymnastics Richard Roundtree, had to do with, that is. with and Eddie Alberts. Oh, Eddie Alberts. Yeah. Um, of wait, course okay, you so, know what gymnastics has to do with maxi pads. Well, I do now, yeah. but I didn't uh, then. 
Well, that oh. you could be secure. You know, they were like, you know. Also, that's right. crap. You cannot wear a maxi pad. No, absolutely. With a leotard? She absolutely might as well have jumped not. in the pool. Okay. Yes. And can, uh, can I just, we, we can cut this out if we need to, but the commercials that came up during my couple of after school special endeavors on YouTube, because I would get these weird ads. One was for these, um, Depends kind of. Oh my God. Think, but it wasn't called Depends. It was another name because these were really cheesy ads that were coming mm-hmm. up. And. So this woman is wearing them, and she's at a yoga, a yoga class. And the woman in front of her is, like, in her yoga stuff, bending over. But she's oh, no. got – and it said, oh, God. no oh, my God. crinkles. <gasps> like, no crinkle sound. Like, when you bend over, and it's like, this woman had the bad depends on in front of her in the yoga class. With the crinkles. But with the crinkles. like. But all of the ads that came up were very much um, related to old people. <laughs> So that's who they Aging think is people. watching um, after specials. And I apparently that's they're true. Correct. Although because I don't what? suffer from incontinence, but it's kind of I don't yet. <laughs> Carolyn, you mentioned a couple of people there that were actually repeat um, stars, and Kristen McNichol and Lance Kerwin uh, were in just so many in the seventies. But man, I don't loved you, you just Lance love? So I oh, loved much. both of them. Mm, I would watch anything with like Kristen McNichol in it. Anything. Totally. Oh, yes. Totally. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Kristen, who, who are some um, that you remember? So I remember, I remember Lance Kerwin, Christy McNichol, mm-hmm. big time. I remember Ike Eisenman, who was from um, Escape to Witch Mountain. Or is it oh, Escape from Witch boy? Mountain? The little boy. Yeah. Yes. I can and I never know him. if it's to or from. Are they going to Witch Mountain or away from it? I don't know. Um, and from. then Robbie Rist, and. who was cousin Oliver in The Brady uh, Bunch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But the one that I remember the most was Melissa Sue Anderson, uh-huh. mm-hmm. um, and she was in a very melodramatic one called Very Good Friends. And it's, first of all, it's Melissa Sue Anderson, and there are horses on the wall. So I'm in. I'm all in, right? Uh-huh. We've got Mary Ingalls, and we've got horses on the wall. But then the opening is her looking out the window, watching a hearse and cars go by. And you know oh, who's in the hearse? Daddy. Her sister. Oh, no. <gasps> oh, yes. It's very, very sad. But um, strangely, that's not the thing that stuck with me the most. The thing that stuck with me the most is that I was watching Mary Ingalls and she was wearing blue jeans, and that was just really weird. Uh-huh. But I liked it. It was interesting. It, so we also had, you know, we had Christopher Knight and Eve Plum uh, did their fair share. Oh, yeah, together, of, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. And we also have um, Florence um, Henderson was oh, in did. several, and yes. Robert Reed as was well. Was she the mom who drank? I don't remember which ones she was in. I just wrote down. Uh, I just went through and was was writing down. Mary and Ross, Mrs. Cunningham mm-hmm. was in. She was several. in a lot. Yep, she was there in a were lot. Of actually, there were a lot of adults that I thought that I spotted. Like when I was rewatching, I swear I saw Shirley Feeney, but that can't be true. And then one time I thought I saw Tony Orlando. So so it started to be like a game. Like spot it been. spot the superstars. And so we have. Oh, I already said that. Christopher Knight, Eve Plum, yeah. Kim Richards. Uh, oh, who yeah. was in from the, also which, Escape from which, slash Witch to Mountains. Witch mm-hmm. Mountain. <laughs> so as a teenager, uh, a young Cynthia Nixon, um, oh. a young Melora Hardin. Do you guys watch? She was you yes. know, in the office, and oh, yes. I watched the Bold Type. She's in the Bold Type, and she's been in a million. million Cynthia movies. Nixon was also in a show back then. What was she in? Was it Facts of Life? No, that's Molly Ringwald. No. Sorry, no. proceed. No, Molly Ringwald wasn't in Facts of Life. Yes, she was. Season one. Oh, that's oh, right. Mm-hmm. I can picture her in her, okay, little blue, mm-hmm. in her little blue um, blazer. That's right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a young Rosanna Arquette. We Ooh. have um, Dana Plato and obviously Scott Baio, okay. Rob Lowe, yep. Na- a young Nancy McKeon, yep. um, and the one that we're true. about to talk about. Okay, and we have to acknowledge, because after going through that long list of people, I know that there are people screaming at their phones right now when they're right. listing going, Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt, what about <laughs> Helen Hunt jumping through the plate glass window because she was high on angel dust? That was not an after school special. <laughs> So that's for another episode. But of course, when we said we were going to talk about after-school specials, I am all in on Helen Hunt jumping PCP. through the plate glass window. Just that's have why to we Google. couldn't call this PCP. That's right. We couldn't because of <laughs> Helen Hunt and her that's PCP right. addiction that her ne'er-do-well boyfriend made in the chemistry lab in their high school. Um, yeah, if you Google <laughs> Helen Hunt jumping out window, you'll get to see it, and it's awesome. But not an after-school special, so we're not talking about it. Right, because CBS Another had CBS had some one some movie specials that were very where they where they tackled cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. And as much as we've kind of as you know women in our fifties now watched this through uh, the lens that we have now and kind of you know poked fun at it a lot, I think they did do a lot right. And I think we've talked about that For leading sure. up to here. And I think that oh, there yeah. were a lot of good lessons in it. And watching this and then watching Stoned, you know, we can laugh at a lot, but I think ultimately it made me realize that these these after school specials, they really were so important. And mm-hmm. they they did have such such a good place um, mm-hmm. for for young kids. Well, they made an impact. Mm-hmm. No matter Definitely. what their intended impact was, they made a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. And and offered some conversation starters at the, you know, you could talk about this fictional story at the dinner table and not bring in, you know, names of people that you know. It was just a way to discuss it with your parents. Mm-hmm. They almost made it generic enough, and even in the one called Stoned, that we could talk to our parents about it. It was accessible. Yeah, without mm-hmm. feeling icky or, you know, um, uncomfortable. Or then your parents could, depending on the kind of dynamic you had in your family, your parents, like my mom, would say, well, do you know what they meant by precaution? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That. Right. Because you think about, I mean, I'm just thinking about these ads that we read. And even if you look at the bottom, they were written for our parents because we oh. weren't flipping through the TV guide probably when we were that age. And it, a lot of them will say, watch with your child, like in really fine oh, print underneath, which I think my mom was probably all over. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe, like you just said, Michelle, some of the um, things were left purposely kind of Vague. general yeah. and generic. So. Some families could pick mm-hmm. up on that and say, oh, when they talked about this, let's, you know, this is what they meant. Or what do you think he was doing when he was going like this, you know, counting <laughs> on his hands yeah. or whatever? Um, it was opportunity to further the discussion mm-hmm. and make it a little more personal to your whatever well, religion. And that's, I mean, that's handing over. So this could have been the ideal. The ideal was that they were going to plant the seed and then the parent was right. going to pick mm-hmm. up that seed and plant it. And they were, and so right. then that's saying to the parent, now you get the opportunity mm-hmm. to explain this to, to your child in whichever way you, um, you, right. you want to. I kind of have my doubts that too many people <laughs> did that. I think Lillian might've been one of the few. <laughs> and the one time that I did watch it with my parents, I wish that I wasn't. And then everything they said thereafter, I was like, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear it. But the idea is very noble. Well, and it's exactly, exactly. Uh, if you think of the stone, where's the uh, ad I read? Because um, there's a funny story my husband tells of 
when he was all the way in college and there was um, like a, he was at home for some reason, you know, having dinner or whatever, and they were watching the news. I think this is the story. He'll correct me if I'm wrong. But there was something on the news about maybe like a big drug bust at one of the high, local high schools or something. And my father-in-law looked over at my husband and he goes, you never did any of that stuff in high school, did you? <laughs> like you never got any messed up with that stuff in high school, did you? And Brian said he just went, nope. And, and that was it. Okay. That was, That's the drug, the whole that, was conversation. that was the whole drug conversation they ever had. So when I'm looking back And it's at, in retrospect also. Like Yeah, easy. and this would have right. been in like nineteen eighty seven that he yeah. So when mm-hmm. I look at the the ad for Stoned where it says, if you smoke pot, know someone who does, or just want to understand what it's all about, I could see that being geared or, or um geared towards the parent too, because then the parent can see all this stuff that's happening at school and then they can say to their son, oh, that's not happening there at your school, is it? Stuff? That that happening at your school, is school? it? And the kid can say, nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the same vein, in terms of what parents actually said and, and being obtuse on Mike's prom night, he got the sex talk and this was the sex talk on prom night. You know, what can happen, right? That was it. That's the whole thing. That was the whole thing. And Mike just said, yep. And then that was over. It was over. They could have used an after-school special. I would start counting on my fingers like he did all the things that could happen. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) How much much are we talking about? Or I could get stoned. Or I could be a schoolboy father. Or I could, yeah. Wait, you know what can happen by going to prom? Or like, you know what can happen by having, did they ever say by having sex? No, he didn't say. He just said literally the words, you know what can happen, right? (laughs) That's the whole conversation. And Mike said, yep. Mike what if took Mike it, had said no? Well, that's a really good <laughs> question. I don't think he was prepared for that. Okay, you guys, I think this is a great uh, point to close this very special episode. But don't worry, everyone. We will definitely be watching and discussing more of these heartwarming specials in the future. Because now that we've started, we kind of can't stop. Mm-hmm. Nope, we cannot stop it. But next week is going to be fun as well. Make sure you join us when we'll be talking about the family we all wanted to be a part of, the Bradfords, and why Eight is Enough is one of our favorite shows. And if you're enjoying our conversations, please subscribe and leave a review and most importantly, share with a friend. You can tag a friend in the comments of our social media. And if you post about us on social media, make sure to tag us so your friends know how to find us. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search Pop Culture Preservation Society to find us. In the meantime, please raise your glasses for a toast. Courtesy of Janet, Chrissy, and Jack Tripper and the whole gang at the Regal Beagle. To good times. To happy days. The Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song